all, and welcome to this episode of What Cause Inspires You. I'm your host, Smithia Cuparetti, and today I have with me Rebecca Ick. Alicia Gupta, my friend and fellow Humanity Rising Ambassador, launched the What Cause Inspires You podcast as a way for students to share the service that they are doing in their communities. We encourage youth who are making a change to improve the world to speak up about their stories and become a leader in the movement. Rebecca Ake is a 15-year-old who lives in Texas. She has an amazing family that includes her incredible sister who has a physical disability. Rebecca's sister has inspired her to help other people like her in the community. Rebecca is excited to share ways to help people with disabilities in your communities. We are recording this presentation and it will be posted shortly on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Music. Be sure to check out www.humanityrising.org and sign up for our email newsletter to keep updated with all the podcast links. Rebecca, it's so amazing to have you with us here today. We're all excited to learn more. So let's get started. What percentage of teenagers are affected by disabilities in America? Um, in America, 4.3% of teenagers are affected by either a mental or physical disability or both. And in specifically in my state, Texas, it is 4.5%. And I just, there are so many people in specifically our town who come here for the schools that have the great special needs education. And so I have a lot of friends who have special needs. And I think 4.5 might not seem like the biggest percentage, but when you put it into perspective with how large our population is, and you think about that's just in the years 13 through 18, it really is a lot of people out there that are disabled. So, Especially just outside of teenage years, every one in three families is affected by special needs or disabilities of some sorts. So it doesn't matter if it's specifically just a teenager, although teenagers do consume a popular, like a number of that population, but at least everyone knows somebody who has special needs. Yeah, definitely. And I think one in three is also a statistic that I did not know. And I am shocked but to hear that. So um, what are some things in common with people with disabilities that have with everyone else? Well, I like everyone and I know myself personally, we all want to have friends and be involved and interacting. Like I, this is true of everyone. We don't like to be, you know, cut off from our friends or disengaged and, what those kids want is exactly what everyone else is looking for in their life is love and acceptance in some form or fashion. And at the teenage years, it's gonna be friends. It's gonna be, you know, clubs I'm involved in. It's gonna be who am I friends with and who am I sitting at with at lunch and other such things like that. Right, I think a lot of people assume that dis- people with disabilities have a very different life or would like to be treated differently from everyone else. but. I've worked with visually impaired people before, and I know they're really super awesome and super normal, and you can just interact with them like your friends, and I think they, it's clear that they want the same things as everyone else, and they don't want to be treated any differently. So, they all, oops, sorry. Oh, no, go ahead, please. They all have dreams and goals and aspirations to do similar things that we want to do, whether it be, you know, deaf people 
becoming musicians or blind people becoming artists or quadriplegics, you know, painting with their mouths, they accomplish their dreams in different ways than ours. So in, in some aspects, yes, life is going to be different for them, but our core wants and needs for attention and love are exactly the same. I completely agree. And I think if anything, they're just as or even more capable than we are because they know what it is to face a struggle that other people are constantly telling them will be difficult for them to get over. But really, it's something that they're used to and it's their normal. So I think you're totally right about that. So where can I find places to create friendships with special needs people my age? Schools are a amazing place just because they already have places for students with special needs to come and learn. And there will always be people at your, your school, uh, it doesn't matter where what school it is, who have special needs of some sorts, whether it could be just, you know, mild ADHD to very severe autism there is going to be somebody who has a disability at your school. And also, other than that, there are so many local churches, especially just in America, who have lots of um, special needs or disability-friendly ministries in their churches. And those ministries work hard to reach out outside of their church to um, find families with special needs and help them find community and love and acceptance and you know healing if that's needed and a lot of towns I know Frisco sometimes does this and certain hospitals do this especially children's hospitals will hold community events for um, people with special needs, special needs so my sister has a spinal disorder so she's paralyzed from the waist down no walking whatsoever but she just attended a virtual camp you know, uh, two weeks ago, that was all kids who were exactly like her. And she had so much fun and she's so excited to go back again next year. And she's like, she was talking to me and she was saying that, oh my goodness, I've never seen so many girls who are just like me. And she was so excited and she made so many friends. And I was, I felt so happy that she had um, found a community like that. I think that's great. And I think that's another thing to remember that they are a part of your community and that, you know, they are just the same as everyone else. They really want to be included and feel that they have other people similar to them. And I think that's great that your sister was able to have a camp like that. And I think, you know, just like us, you know, we go to these summer camps and it's no different. And really it's important for everyone to have a community that they feel safe in. So is having someone is having a friendship with someone with a phys physical disability any different than other friendships? So, no. And if the photos are working, <laughs> we can use that one photo. But uh, especially being a sister and friend with, you know, many people who are in wheelchairs or, you know, walkers, crutches, canes, all of that. Oh, is it going to work? <laughs> but, oh, yeah, there's. Titus Daly, he, um, so I volunteer at a camp for, where families with special needs, children come and we all come together and find community and share each other and love on each other. And that is Titus. And he has obviously a physical disability and maybe a little bit of a mental disability. 
and what what I do to be friends with him and you know make sure that he feels love and that he has attention because some of the activities during that camp he can't do but he wants to be involved obviously and some things that we do is we um, always have someone with them there it doesn't matter if they can't do it either there's going to be some way that they can be involved for example we had a shaving cream fight at this camp and he can't be directly involved with you know kids running around and throwing shaving cream at each other but what we did is we had a couple people sit down in a circle and we just you know kind of you know played with shaving cream all together and it was so much fun and he very much enjoyed it he had laughed so hard and he has the most contagious laugh ever um some other things you can do, especially in your community, is as you're trying to make friends with somebody who has a uh, piece of like equipment, like a wheelchair or, you know, in this case, Titus also has oxygen, is don't touch with it, don't mess with it. Um, a wheelchair or a walker is an extension of the person's body. And so just kind of resting on it or pushing them without asking them is just kind of like me trying to, you know, push you to walk in a certain direction. It's not very respectful. So definitely some, some people need you to push them around, but it's definitely respectful to ask first um, and respect their space. And most of the time they're gonna have medical equipment that might, you know, make a beeping sound every once in a while or, you know, something like that. So when that happens, just that's the normal them. There's no reason to get freaked out by it. And especially if they need to, you know, if there's a staircase, but there's a ramp around it, take the ramp with them. That makes them feel so much more like you care and you wanna be with them. And even though it's more convenient for you to go down the stairs because the ramp might be longer, uh, it, they feel so much more loved and cared for when you take the ramp with them just because it's like a sign of, oh, you do care and you're going to, you know, be friends with me and we're going to talk about something while we're going down the ramp or up the ramp. <laughs> um, and with physical, physical disabilities, they're thanks to like, you know, uh, engineering and modern medicine. There's so many adaptive things now. I know, for instance, like my sister has a little bit trouble, some trouble using her arms. And so, but she loves baking. She wants to be a baker when she grows up. So what she does is she had some engineers from a high school class make her some adaptive equipment and it works amazing for her. And so now when her friends come over, she wants to bake cookies and they love doing that with her, that they use the adaptive equipment instead of normal equipment. And just if you do have questions about their disability, it's, it's polite to ask them, but don't just be like, what's wrong with you? Because that is so extremely rude. But if you do have questions, most of them are fine with you being curious. I know Lizzie loves being asked questions. That's my sister. Loves being asked questions and she loves helping people understand that, you know, what's, you know, what's going on with her. But um, definitely be polite at it. Don't, when you first meet them, don't it's stare, smile because it is gonna be, if, especially if you haven't been around that kind of stuff, it's very different and it can be kind of like, whoa, what's going on here? But you wanna smile and show like you are willing to create connection and friendship with them. 
And you're right, it is a bit, it's different than, you know, your day-to-day life, but it's their day-to-day life, that's their normal, so we need to respect that and not be rude and staring. It's like, you know, when you know you have a stain on your shirt and you can feel other people staring, it doesn't feel great, but when you see, you know, somebody giving you a friendly smile that just lifts you up, and we want to be uplifting to those people, especially more than others. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. And I think what you said about the wheelchair being an extension of their body, I've never thought about it that way. And I think that's a really great way to put it. So you know what their personal space is, and you make sure that you're not invading. And I also totally agree. I think it's important to make sure that you're not staring at them and that you're being very mindful. Because when you make someone feel different, from you or you make them feel like they're out of place I think you know that's everyone has felt that before and it's incredibly off-putting and I think it's very important to make sure that you're making everyone feel um, comfortable around you and I think you really have to keep that in mind when you're around people with disabilities as well especially physical ones because you can really see that they are you know they're just living their lives and you don't want to make them feel like they're different. So is having a friendship with someone with intellectual disorders different than other friendships? Yes, and if that photo is gonna work. Yeah. Uh, so there we go, perfect. This is Lane, he is also from the same camp. He is another friend and he has um, uh, not super severe, but definitely autism and the whole week he was talking to me about belly buttons and he thought it was so amazing that I would continue this conversation with him about belly buttons. And with autism, they tend to repeat the same thing. So it'd be like, do you like coffee? And then five minutes later, do you like coffee? Um, But it's doing, it's just that doing that over and over again with him all week, he had so much fun. And by the end of it, we, he and I had a little spiel about belly buttons and he laughed every time at the end of it. He thought it was so funny. So with that, um, people with intellectual disorders, they sometimes get overwhelmed, you know, in with, you know, certain movies, concerts, um, loud music, other things could be very much anything. So you need to be mindful and respectful of that because they might not want to go to a loud concert because With autism, it's like all your senses are dialed to 20 instead of 10. And it's just all this crazy information at all this time. And so putting a that kind of person in a loud concert is not the best idea. And it can cause, you know, meltdowns and you don't want to do that as a friend, put your friend in a meltdown position or over sensorized. And so what you need to do is be respectful of them. If they know that you want to listen to music, they will probably want to listen to classical music with you or something that their brains can still process and handle without being overwhelmed. They especially like it um, when you continue, when you treat them with normalcy, sometimes they, they're cognitive disorders not being able to talk but they can understand everything that's going on around them and they have no issues being in a loud concert or whatever but they tend to get um pushed off to the side because they don't talk so what I did 
was with a friend of Lane's as we were playing Monopoly and we have this one girl and she can't talk but she can make sounds but she ended up winning Monopoly <laughs> and she was so good at it and it was incredible I was astounded by it but I we were friendly with her we made conversation with her we kept talking to her she was incredible and she's so fabulous to be around but yes so don't know not overwhelming them being respectful of them some of them don't want to be touched some of them don't want to be some people with autism can't look you in the eye so that's not a sign of disrespect that's just what they're doing to keep themselves in a centered kind of state uh, not overwhelmed and they are being friends with you they're they're loving they love being friends with you know everyone and they're every they're most of the time extremely friendly and they want you know those core things attention and love and connection and but the way they receive it or they need to receive it looks a little bit different than you know what for us so like if I met you I'd probably give you if this wasn't COVID I'd probably give you like a side hug or something but a lot of people uh, with autism can't do that so it's a high five or a fist bump or something that they can um, uh, mentally handle at that point. Yeah, I think um, here's the second picture that you wanted. And also, I think what you were saying about them repeating themselves or wanting different things, I think you just have to be super patient and you have to be open because, you know, they're going to do different things or want different things than what you would normally see, probably. And I think you have to be open to making sure that they are comfortable and making sure that you are listening to them and addressing them nicely and politely. This is uh, Gracie. She was my uh, kind of assigned friend at this camp. And she has Down syndrome, which really isn't like a cognitive disorder, but it because of Down syndrome, it does cause some cognitive delays. And so Gracie did not speak very much. And when we were going through our breakfast line together, she would not tell, you know, the lady behind who was serving us what she wanted. And so what we ended up coming up with, and it's coming up with all of these little different things that really like cements a friendship. So I think at one point we had pancakes and eggs for breakfast and you, they, they were so like, they were the main course that you had to choose one or the other, but she couldn't say, oh, I want eggs. So what I had to do was I said, do you want pancakes or eggs? And she saw that I had closed different fists for different things because she understood what was going on, but she just couldn't verbalize. And so she pointed at my hand that was pointing to eggs and she had eggs for breakfast and she was so happy that she got eggs for breakfast and not pancakes. <laughs> I think but, it's awesome that you were, you know, able to understand that and like help her communicate it. I think that's another great thing, you know, being creative and being able to work with them. Yes, um, they are so fun and so amazing. They have the best smiles and they are just so joyful to be around because when you love on them, they're going to give you that love back in some form or fashion that they know so for Gracie it was giving me a side hug at the end of the day for Lane it was laughing really hard at you know every time we talked about belly buttons and other things like that 
Yeah, I think it's amazing that you were able to make these friendships and, you know, make them feel so comfortable with you. And you were able to get so much out of the friendship too. Mm -hmm. So what are some ways that I can start building friendships with people with intellectual disorders? Again, um, being kind and patient and introducing yourself to them, talking about things that they like because they won't necessarily talk about things that you like that they do not like. Um, they'll probably switch the conversation around to something that they enjoy. And honestly, there's so many things that you can, if some, one of the kids said, I enjoy music. And we talked about um, Prince for like an hour and it was super fun. And just being patient and kind because some of them could be very shy at first or some of them could have been treated so badly because of being bullied or being in foster homes or just having not great families that it takes a little bit a moment for them to realize oh this is I'm being loved this is this is a good this person is wanting to love on me and help me and be friends versus this person is trying to harm me or wants bad intentions for me or is bullying me. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. So if there are no friendship opportunities at school, what can I do in my everyday life to make people with special needs feel included? Well, uh, in stores like Walmart, Target, um, certain hotels, they are now hiring people with coffee shops even are hiring people with autism and Down syndrome and certain physical disabilities. And um just being like treating them like oh what are you instead of being like oh what are you doing here be like hey man how's it going or something like that treating them like this is their job they they know that it is their job and they take it very seriously and they're there to work because this is such an amazing opportunity for them to work but um, a lot of time they get mistreated at work because you know customers see that they're with autism and then they just treat them differently because oh my goodness, my, uh, you know, person who's taking my coffee order keeps repeating the same word over and over again. What's going on? But it's just being respectful that they are taking your coffee order and they know exactly what you want. They're going to go over there and make it and they're going to bring it back to you. But know that they are going to repeat the words, those same words that they're saying the whole time. And that's okay. But they're doing their job and just being respectful of that. Um, discourage other people from treating people with special needs differently so like if the person in line in front of you is just being like oh my goodness I really don't want this person with down syndrome you know checking out my groceries they're gonna mess it up be like hey that's not that's not a that's not nice that's not okay they they want to be there they want to do their job and they are going to do it correctly and if they do mess up then it's okay everybody makes mistakes so being very respectful and way sometimes a simple wave high makes their day. And if you want to, you don't have to. Every time you see somebody who has, you know, a disability working for a, you know, establishment, thank the manager because it isn't a it is a big decision to decide to start hiring people with disabilities because there are um, risks and there are pros and cons. And um, it can be a scary thing to start hiring people with disabilities because some of them will do their job and some of them won't do their job. It really depends on the person. But 
um, thanking them for, you know, making such a kind and bold decision to help people who are, you know, mostly neglected in our community find a community in their work with their coworkers or, you know, it gives them a task to do. So once they graduate high school, they have something to do. They're not just stuck at home all day. And yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. And I think like what you were saying about when people with disabilities are working, I think a lot of people have the tendency to do one of two things. You either feel incredibly awkward or you feel like you're dominant over people with disabilities, both of which are not okay. You know, if you feel awkward or either of those things, I think it's just important to understand that you need to treat them like every other person. And, you know, you acting awkward around them can change their perception or their behavior and make them uncomfortable too. You know, I've seen this firsthand too. So I think it's really important to just make sure that you're treating them like a person and like everyone else that you do and act with respect and politeness and kindness, like you were saying. So now we're gonna open it up to the audience. Thank you so much, Rebecca, for everything so far. And I'm sure yes. great questions coming up. All right, so our first question is, how have these friendships affected your personal life or your view on life? So, mm, oh my goodness, there's so many friends. Hold on, I'm trying to think of one that really has stuck out. Um, alrighty, I have a friend with a intellectual disorder and she is so kind and so sweet. And I remember, um, our family just went through a really hard time, like my sister's in the hospital, which is kind of gonna be a normal occurrence for people with physical disabilities. They're in the hospital a lot. That's just part of their life. But I was feeling really sad because of that. And there was this girl at our church who had always had an intellectual disorder. And I had been friends with her and stuff like that and very kind to her, but um, I hadn't seen her in a while. And she came up to me and she asked me how my day was going and we had a whole conversation about, I think it was birthday cake and it was just, oh, nope, it wasn't cake. Or we just had a conversation about something that had to do with baking is all what I remember. And it just took my mind off of all the stress that I had felt in my life. And she was so grateful for all the kindness that I'd given her over the years. And she saw that I was nervous and stressed and decided to give that kindness back and that was just an amazing feeling of, oh my goodness, I can, you know, calm, be calm around this person and this person loves and treats me with respect because I treat them with respect. And especially um, with my sister, um, I see how other people treat her differently. Like when we go to the mall and she wants to go shopping for clothes, which is a typical teenagery thing because um, she's a teenager and people are like, I don't think you can wear that because you're in a wheelchair and that just makes me so angry and makes me want to do more of what I can more of this of being friends with people who are special needs making feel love and connected because that is not how you know anyone should be treated especially not my sister but especially not anyone with a disability should be treated like that at all so I think us for so many have friendships and uh, just you know connections of hi how's it going good you know stuff like that just simple you know two minute conversations um they just 
they love the smiles on their faces when you give them, you know, positive attention and love and support in what they're doing. Um, if we go back to that picture of Lane, he does woodcrafting and he does, he has a little shop in his, the, his garage, I think, and he carves these, I think, or he does woodcrafting and he's amazing at it. He's brilliant at it. And when you get to talk to him about it, it's really incredible. And being friends with him, um, I've learned a little bit about woodworking and how to, you know, how to, how to woodwork and being friends with him. You just learn something from everybody. There's always something to learn from everybody, including people with disabilities, especially with people with disabilities. And they are so poorly treated that, and I just see them being so poorly treated that, and the positive relationships in my life had made me want to make sure that they are more positively treated. Yeah, definitely. And along those lines is our next question. Um, so the question is, what are some ways that you can include sorry, disabled people in your community or be included in their communities? There are so many ways, oh my goodness. Starting from just saying hello and hi and making them feel included and loved to you know, becoming best friends with this person, it really depends on what kind of disability it is because, you know, a spinal disorder where it does not affect their cognitivity level at all is so much different than having very severe autism. And they, they, they need to do different things. They're able to do different things. And through definitely schools. I know I'm uh, involved in Best Buddies in our school and through our church, we have a special needs ministry at the church I go to and I volunteer through there. And there's so many churches in America nowadays that there's going to be one with a special needs ministry somewhere near you. And even in just your community, in your towns, you can say like, hey, can we have a carnival for people who with families who have people with autism in them and you create you know activities for people with autism that they would enjoy and would not be you know overstimulated by um but there's so many different things that you can do from just you know being a friend and a buddy to someone to trying to work in your community to start um events or other programs to create connectivity yeah, definitely. And I think that's another thing. There's always going to be programs in your community. It's about you, you know, taking that step and looking for it. I know I'm from the Bay Area. I can think of probably four organizations just off the top of my head that are made to be a community for disabled people. So I think it's really just about you going out there and deciding that you want to be a part of this and you want to be a part of the community and really helping the people around you. And I think from there, you can definitely find organizations and places that you can contribute and you can learn from. So I think those are all our questions. Thank you so much for sharing about your experiences and the ways that you're helping the people around you, Rebecca. If you have any general questions about the What Cause Inspires You podcast series, are interested in applying as a student or expert speaker, or want to volunteer, email aliciagupta2020 at gmail.com 
or info at humanityrising.org. Be sure to follow our Instagram and Facebook pages to stay updated on our scholarship opportunities, future podcasts and events at humanity.rising and at what cause inspires you. Also, be sure to join the movement on our website, www.humanityrising.org, if you haven't already, and find all of our events on the website and interview. Thank you again, Rebecca, and thank you all for attending, and we hope to see you again for next week's podcast. 